Welcome back to another episode of the Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. And Jack, I watched about 48 hours of basketball this week, but somehow I squeezed in other content. How did you do with this project of watching sports and then figuring out a way? Yeah, a week ago, I thought for sure there's no way I was I was going to be able to watch enough, but somehow, some way I was able to to sneak it in. I was like social this weekend too. Wow. Yeah. My friends and I did like an early Thanksgiving get together deal with the kids. Did you say Thanksgiving? Yeah, no, my bad. Easter. Same deal. Whatever. <laughs> Easter is Thanksgiving of the spring. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I actually, cause you texted me what last night and said, do you have stuff? And I, I did a quick inventory of what I watched and I was overwhelmed with what, what I had watched. So yeah, I'm ready. I, I'm exhausted from watching hoops though. I can't like that, that the Friday through Monday wraparound makes me think like today's Monday. It's incredibly confusing. I've already said to myself this morning, what day is it? Mm-hmm. And especially when you don't have normal nine to fives like you and me. Yeah. Like, it just gets mm-hmm. incredibly confusing. And then like it's disorienting, but also I hit a wall last night at like 6 PM during the Kansas game where I was just like, I, I think I've watched too much. Like I was not paying attention to that game one bit. It was not a good game. I was just like, I think I've had my fill. I obviously mm-hmm. am going to get rested and recovered coming up here, but I was just like, I, I'm, I hit a wall. Yeah. Trash games on Monday for sure. Well, yeah, we, yeah, we watched so many great upsets and then um, there were these strange bloats. Speaking of the PAC 12 completely undefeated, we're going to talk about, Pac-12 related content. Mm-hmm. Colorado lost, but that's oh, thank you. Sorry, yeah. I I erased that from my memory. Um, mm-hmm. I shout out to the Buffaloes and everyone in Colorado. I um, the Pac-12 is almost undefeated, and we have a recommendation that involves Pac-12 athletics, if oh, you lot. will, big time. Uh, do you want to jump into it? Anything else with? Yeah, no, no. So classic Netflix, we talk about this all the time. You you don't realize what's coming down the pipe and then all of a sudden it's there and you're like, oh my God, this is ready for me to watch? Excellent. We're, of course, talking about the uh, college admissions scandal documentary. I, did, I, I forgot, Lindsay, that this news broke like late 2018 and like spring of 2019, I believe, is when everybody started getting arrested and such. So two, less than two years it took for them to put this documentary together from from scratch. Yeah. Very impressive. I would, obviously, I don't think anyone loves the documentary style where they do dramatic reenactments. And they okay. lean heavy into the dramatic reenactments. But what's interesting is every line of dialogue in the reenactments is actual dialogue pulled from transcripts. That when If you keep reminding yourself that, it is a compelling documentary i yeah like i said it's it's hard to do dramatic reenactment and make me feel like it's believable but they lean in heavy with uh you know like the sets the the parents who play the or the actors who play the parents are in like these multi-million dollar homes and in what the hollywood hills and napa valley Uh, it's super believable what's his name matthew modine it's like his greatest acting in 30 years. Matthew Modine is back in a big way. He plays the the perpetrator. So I really, really liked it. And it's just fascinating to me. And, you know, when you're around this stuff, you kind of know that things don't operate as they should. 
it's just refreshing to see some people lay out how corrupt something like college admission scandals is. So we should, again, obviously, I think everyone knows what we're talking about because that scandal was so widespread. Of course, the two big ones that went to jail were Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman. Those are like the, I guess, the two most famous people. How long is Rick Singer in jail for? Because the Felicity Huffman and Lori Laughlin's jail stints were like two months long in yeah. federal prison. How do you know? You know, I think he might still be. He's got to still be in jail because he was the. He, I think he'd still be in jail, but he. I don't want to give too much away. I mean, I'm not, whatever. He fully cooperated. So that has that, I mean, to take down some of the, um, the big money perpetrators. So I'm sure that shaves something off of his, off of his sentence. I know that he moved back to Sacramento or he sold his house. I don't know. Uh, didn't they say at the end? Oh, well, I, I told you this, I made it 75% of the way through and then I had to punt. So, well, if I, I if I missed it, I don't, I won't look it up now, but yeah, I mean, you, Google that while I talk about my experience with this, okay. which was very different from yours. I actually saw a promo for this a while ago. Um, they do make, we, we always talk about how Netflix doesn't promote anything. They make trailers for all of this stuff, but they just secretly put it on their YouTube channel. So yes. if, you ever, if you ever want to go see what's upcoming in the next month or two on Netflix, it's on YouTube, but you just, they don't make it, they don't put it elsewhere for you. You have to go seek it out. I don't, I wasn't on I don't know where I came across this, but I had seen a uh, promo for this. I had seen the trailer for this documentary slash movie. It is a documentary, but the dramatic reenactments are about 85% of the movie. And there are interviews with real people and real players in this mixed in, but it is so limited. And the majority of this movie is dramatic reenactments. So yes, it is still a documentary, but it feels like a movie in that way and what they did was they went through the federal case because these cases have already been tried so they took all the you know the discovery the documents everything the recorded conversations and to reenact them they had people act them out i really struggle that i just don't like dramatic reenactment reenactments and you have to like do it in a certain way for me to be able to get past it and i just couldn't do it. I thought it was goofy. He, the, you mentioned Matthew Modine being like acting well. His haircut. Nothing against him. Yeah, I just I <laughs> his his haircut. But like, I just found it all really goofy. Like it seemed a little like hokey. And you're right, the sets were beautiful. Like it's these. Imagine what Aunt Becky's house looks like. You know, they did a really good job with all that stuff. But it was just so distracting for me. And I know that about myself that I have a hard time with that. So I was like, maybe I'll try to get past it. And I couldn't. So I'm not, not, I'm, I'm recommending this if you don't mind that stuff. Cause that's really the only problem with it. It is an interesting, it's interesting subject matter. I think people like it. Um, you liked it. If you have a hard time when you're watching like a crime show and they use actors to act out conversations, not just like a shot in an alley of someone walking down the alley in their feet. Like this is like full conversations for two hours right but okay so i'm with you there and if it's like a documentary on a violent crime or like rape or something like that i'm with you it is super distracting but because this is like the white collarist of white collar crimes and there is no violence like there's no there really it's just the dialogue that's the sexy part of of this this whole corruption scandal so i i, I don't i'm not sure there's anything else they could have done Maybe they could have, but they they really leaned into the dramatic reenactment and paid like this is what this is probably one of the more expensive documentaries 
out. Yeah, because they had to pay actors. Like yeah. normally when you make and a documentary. Sets, like the sets are yeah. freaking gorgeous. But when you make a documentary, you're not paying people to sit no. there and talk to you. No. So documentaries are cheap in that way. But with these, obviously they're paying all of these actors. I mean, some of them are, are famous. Some of them are, are not. You recognize some of the guys, some yeah. of the some of the parents. Yeah. The other thing I will say is I, I hate to admit this. I thought the most compelling part that I watched was the Olivia Jade clips in the middle where she was just like, I hate going to school. I know she is, but such I'm a blessed to be able to go to school. And she was just like, "I prefer to curl my lashes with this type of curl." Like, it, like that is her persona, whatever. I don't like her, but I thought that was the most compelling part where they showed her because she was a big player in this. Yeah, she was. She was patient zero in terms of like these. These were the kinds of kids that were getting into school. Yeah. getting into these prestigious schools and what i what another thing i think they did a good job of is sneakily going back to like regular working class kids as they like yeah tape themselves opening up whether or not they got into college and it's obviously so heartbreaking when they see that they didn't get into college so you figure like everyone every, for everyone olivia jade and there was over the course of singer's career hundreds high hundreds if not thousands of kids he got in Every one of those is like dreams smashed for these regular working class folks. So, so that, that was tough. I also, they open with a bunch of kids getting in and it's these classic videos you see on social media where kid gets in Stanford. It's been his dream his whole life. He cries. It goes viral. 5 million people watch it. You know, good news, timeline cleanser, whatever. They open with those. There's a part in the middle. I think it's after Olivia Jade or sometime yeah. around that point where they show people who don't get in. And there are times like you can tell there's times when the kids put their phone um, just down low and like set it on something to record, hoping that it would be good. Mm -hmm. But then it wasn't. But there are times when people are in the room recording the reaction and the kid doesn't get in and the person keeps rolling and like the camera doesn't move. And I'm like, OK, turn the camera off. Like kid didn't get in. I, like I actually was laughing at that. Like you're still rolling on this. What's crazy too is why wouldn't you just delete that immediately? Unless they like li they, they like Instagram lived it. They why would why oh. would you hold on to that? They kept it and they gave it to Hollywood. Like they put it out in the universe, which you know, is like it's just such a different time to be growing up, Lindsay. Like I, know. I don't you, understand that. Use your heartbreaks and use all that and turn it into good whatever, I guess. But I wish it, like maybe these kids use it for motivation. I don't know, but I was just like you're still rolling on your kid yeah. losing out on their dream. Obviously, hopefully the kid's fine, but. But no, I, I, I just, the amount of money that's uh, yeah. disposable income that these families have is, oh my God, we're talking 1% rich. It's a crazy amount of wealth. Yeah. And my last thing on this is that's the best part of this scandal. Like who gets hurt? The kids that didn't get admitted instead, but those are abstract numbers we don't really know like yeah it's hard to tie we don't down. know it's right. louisville like louisville was the first team out we don't know what kid was the first team out of usc the first kid out of usc yeah, we'll never because know. olivia yeah. jade got it so yeah. there's no true i mean yes again there's this abstract people are getting hurt and the system is broken and we have to fix there's there is that so i don't want to be like it's so fun but at the end of the day it's kind of fun because it's rich people getting in trouble for abusing their privilege and like getting in trouble to the extent of going to federal prison. I'm sure Aunt Becky had a nice setup in federal prison, but she went to federal prison. Yeah. She sounds like a terrible person too, her and her dad, her yeah. and her husband. Yeah. And and that's private too. These people were exposed. And it's kind of fun to see 
that they're not just getting away with this. So the scandal in general is enjoyable. I wouldn't mind seeing a true documentary down the road. I know that the video would be hard, but you do have video of these people. And again, like Olivia Jade's entire life is on the internet. So if you're using the kids, I don't know how much they wanted to expose the other kids, but if you're using the kids, like there are pictures and videos of, of those people. So all right. I don't recommend it if you are like me, but I don't think a lot of people are like me. I think a lot of people can just deal with it. So I loved it. Jack loved recommends it. it. It's I like don't. an hour. It's like an hour and a half too. It's, it's super it breezy hours. watch. Oh, okay. is it two hours? Maybe <clears throat> it felt like two hours. I, I didn't look that up. Uh, what is your next rec? Um, I'll go. I sat down to watch the four hour Snyder cut. Oh yeah. And let me tell when? you something. I need to know when in your week you did this. So I work early mornings often, so I believe it was Friday. I was up at 5 a.m., and then by like 6, I was like, God, I still have three hours before the first game. So I just like put it on in the background for three hours while I was waiting for the game. And let me tell you something. I had thought that I had seen Justice League when it came out four years ago. Turns out I hadn't because I was completely lost. I was like, wait, well, I don't remember any of this. I guess the last one I saw was Batman versus Superman. When Superman dies at the end, I'm pretty sure. That was like 2015. Spoiler alert. Just kidding. But that was like, I mean, it's been six years. But that was like, I, I that must have been the one I watched. And I was like, oh, well, well, the DCU sucks. Like, I'm out on the DCU. Will you tell the people what the Snyder Cut is? Because we know what the Snyder Cut is. Oh, okay. But so, will you explain that? Yeah, so Zack Snyder, who is famous for, you know, movies like 300, super artsy, cool looking shots, et cetera, et cetera. Like, just think 300 and you'll know what I'm talking about with that. He started doing uh, Justice League, which was supposed to be, you know, the, the DCU version of uh, the Avengers. And midway through shooting actually it was like they were wrapping up production um his daughter committed suicide so he had to like leave the movie altogether and they brought on this other dude bless it um i don't have the name i should have prepped this but the, another uh director came on and that never works out when a director is like 75 percent through and then totally somebody out of house comes on to finish it so I mean, Justice League is is famous for being a huge flop, 2017. But in like the last year and a half, there's been momentum to, quote, release the Snyder Cut. And it got so much momentum from the nerd community that HBO like decided to pay Zack Snyder to go back in and put his cut together. And it's four hours. And let me tell you something. The first hour is super sweet. The first hour is just nonstop action, and it, it, it feels like you're watching 300, which is why Zack Snyder was perfect for that. But then it's like, oh, you get to like the two and a half hour mark, and you're like, oh, no, I still have 90 minutes of this, and it's just so long and so man, just so epic. It's way too epic. And there's like no – there's very little bright spots, whereas – you know, Marvel Universe always has quirky characters and like fun one-liners to like keep the regular people, the non-nerds like invested in it. There is none of that with this. So it is, I do not recommend it. Wow. I actually was never going to watch this, but I heard, I feel like a lot of people liked it. Did you also get that vibe? I think, okay, it's classic, like a highly anticipated superhero movie 
there's like the bubble, like the appreciation bubble. The first week or so, everyone's like high marks. And then to get a real true indication, you should wait like two, three weeks and then take a look at Rotten Tomatoes because it, it will take a dip. I, like I said, I watched the first hour. I was like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Like what other cuts can we release of movies? Like what other, you know? Uh, but then I had realized about 30 minutes in, I was like, I've never seen this original movie because I am completely lost in what's going on here. But Speak- I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Speaking of the original, uh, Josh, 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 Whedon. Josh, Josh, Whedon. Josh, Josh, Whedon. Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's like Russell Westbrook. Sometimes yeah. I can't say that name in a highlight. Um, Josh Whedon, who is the Buffy guy. So Buffy, the vampire slayer yeah. was his baby angel. Um, so I don't know how much movie I'm sure he, I don't want to like, I should have read his IMDb page. I don't know how much movie experience he had, but he predominantly had done same vibe, but like a TV show. So, um, that was the original director. Uh, I don't know if we said this. This is streaming on HBO Max exclusively, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you know if it's the limited release? I don't know if that's that's not the right phrase. Where where um, they're going to take it off? Yeah. So like the Denzel movie is already off HBO Max. Yeah, I don't think so because they own the DCU. Okay, makes sense. And and that I think that was one of like when HBO Max launched. I think they were like the Snyder cut is coming, but that was a year ago. I have yeah, no it was a while concept ago. of time. But they this has been a big promotional part of hbo max the entire thing that i can remember also i don't know how well a four-hour movie would do with a theatrical release like that is crazy like you think how often a theater would be able to play that movie in a theater twice in a day two times oh i see what you're saying did you see titanic in theaters of course i did i was wondering we were like yeah yeah, that's three and a half hours but that was that was a different time we were nine or ten it's like no that was I mean, a different I, time I though, too, in but... terms of like there wasn't a streaming option. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I. Um, it, again, it's to me. I connect this with HBO Max, and it's definitely a movie that you would rather watch at home because sitting for four hours in a movie theater sounds terrible. But yeah, I had heard positive things. I have no intention of. No, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't. If you're like yeah. at home alone and the kids are asleep and you have like some edibles and you're just feeling good, like it's a perfect movie to zone out to and probably fall asleep to. Like I said, the first hour and a half is action-packed fun. It's just then you're like, oh, wait, wait. And I, then you realize, like, I don't even care about any of these characters. I could not care less who, who lives or dies. That's not good. Um, okay, so have you become aware of this movie, Deadly Illusions, on Netflix? I have not. So this, but for me, and I will say this, I'm coming into this as like, I don't know anything about this movie. I I, I watched it. I'm missing some details because I think I was zoning out and confused at points. I did not Google this to figure out like where this movie came from. Who produced it? Was this originally made for another service and Netflix bought it? It is terrible, insane. And then there's this like weird ending that's ambiguous. And so people are talking about that. It is... I believe the number one thing on Netflix right now. So I watched it th- Friday. What day did the tournament start? Friday. Cause it Friday. was Friday through Monday. I'm used to it being Thursday. So on Friday I watched 12 straight hours of basketball and I come out of it and I'm like, I could watch drive to survive, which is the formula one show, or I could go completely left and just watch something that is not sports. So this was like, Oh, new Netflix movie with Kristen Davis, who is Charlotte from sex in the city. She also did a different Netflix like Christmas movie um, that was not very good. So I was like, maybe she has a contract with them and is producing stuff, whatever. 
just a little chick flicky, whatever. This movie is insane. It's based on a romance novel, but I don't know. That's what, when I say I don't Google it, like, I don't know if this was actually a book that they turned into a movie or if it's just supposed to be like, think of a romance novel with like Fabio on the cover. That's what this movie like a, a is. A Danielle Steele novel? Yeah. Is that, I don't, I've never read a Danielle Steele book. I read a lot of book clubby books, but this is a genre that I don't really read. Where it's like almost softcore porn for like an yes. older generation. That's yeah. So that's what I was going to say is I don't really know if like softcore porn still exists, like if they make it, but th- I think that's what this is. The preview when you, so Netflix has promo, like has trailers where they actually are like professionally made trailers, but then they also sometimes just show you like a one minute clip or a two minute clip of the movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this was just like a clip and it's um Dermot Mulroney. No, wait, Dermot from yeah. uh, my best friend's wedding. Yeah, Am I saying his Mulroney. name right? Yep. Um, and it's him and he's in a car. By the way, shop. whatever, he should have had a bigger, bigger career. Well, it's a bummer. I have in my notes at one point of this, like, does he owe someone a favor? How did he end up in this? Because it's not just a bad movie. Like it is, he should have like stopped making the movie. It's, and granted, I watched the entire thing. Like I haven't, I'm not like coming here on a high horse, whatever, but he should have like stopped at some point and been like, I can't do this movie. Like it is genuinely that bad. And I watch a lot of trashy stuff. Like this is so far over, but it's not campy. It's not like horror. It's so, I think they call it a psychological thriller. It's not like that, like goofy violence, campy horror thriller. It is like, again, it's like softcore porn. So uh, Dermot is the dad. Kristen Davis is, they're married. The wife, whatever. And they get a nanny. And so the preview makes you think that something happens with the husband in the nanny but it turns out it's the wife in the nanny so all of a sudden like you're watching like weird fantasies and you're just like what am i watching just a sharp left turn and then there's like murder and we're stabbing people and we're like we're cutting people's bodies in weird ways and mm. it but again so, like, it's torture porn not i mean kind of not torture but there is like not like BDSM. There is like some, I don't know. I don't, all I can say about this movie is like, I so strongly recommend you don't watch it, but there is this ending where like um, something happens and then the final shot of the movie makes you be like, wait, did that person just get murdered? Wait, who just got murdered? Wait, who is that walking out? Wait. So it's like, and I don't think the, the people have said what the ending is supposed to mean. Like it's an, it's an ambiguous ending. And so people on the internet are like, what really happened there? So it's like fun to talk about that, but everything, I don't want anyone to have to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want anyone else to spend the two hours watching it to get to that point. It's one of the worst things I've watched in a really long time. Oh, wow. Okay. It, it was that bad. It really was. And I'm bringing endorsement. The dialogue was, the house was great. I will say the sets were great. The actors are people you know, but it's like, what, the dialogue is bad. The plot line is bad. Like there's, it's like, it's a, it's like a soap opera kind of. There's like soapy twists where like, oh, this person has an evil twin now. You know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing. So if anyone does watch it, call me, <laughs> but like also don't watch it. So that's my, that's where I land on this. Deadly Illusions on Netflix. Dermot Mulroney. Um, he was a um, sports writer in My Best Friend's Wedding. Do you know how often I think about the line, if San Antonio sweeps Sacramento? Oh, yeah. 
because yeah. that was my life for 10 years. It's like, hey, can you come to this event? Well, if San Antonio sweeps Sacramento, yeah. like if if Gonzaga wins this or if Gonzaga loses this or if, you know, if Washington State's bowl game is this, you know. So, you it's know what's like, funny about that? Hold on. So, they were, they, they were both 28, Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney. Mm-hmm. And so, he's like a sports writer for a newspaper and the whole thing is like, oh, his career is going nowhere. He's only going to make X amount of money the rest of his life, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, she's a food critic and she's like killing it. She's a food critic for a newspaper and she's like making 200 grand a year or something ridiculous. Like she's crazy successful as a food critic. Do food I, critics I don't understand. not make a lot of money? I've actually never thought about that. Well, Do they make watch more? My best friends, watch my best friend's wedding because <laughs> she's like a celebrity food critic at but 28. I, and he's like, he's a sports writer and it's like, oh God, poor you. Well, sports writers don't make a lot of money typically. Um, I can't imagine that food critics do. Maybe 1998 was a different world. Well, it was for a lot of media industries. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about that. But yeah, it's that movie. um, That line, like I said, that line is just like the most relatable part of that movie for me. Shout out to my best friend's wedding. Phenomenal movie. I don't know what happened to my guy. Dermot. Dermot. Probably a couple couple mistakes, bad decisions along the way. Anywho, um, so I watched the HBO Max or HBO doc, the first two episodes of the QAnon thing. Oh, I haven't. Let me, I haven't. Let me tell you, I, like you, like many of you listening, have very much QAnon fatigue. I thought, all right, I've heard enough about this. It's just, you know, Reddit, et cetera. 8chan, blah, 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 crazy people. They do a pretty good job of like getting down to the grassroots back and like giving you a timeline of like late 2017 when the ball started rolling. Or maybe it was even late 2018. Anyway, they do a good kind of grassroots of how this thing got momentum and and ended up where it is. Uh, I recommend it. Again, it's just a bummer to watch because it, it, it uh, just reminds you constantly of how divided we are, which I don't need. I, we don't necessarily need that reminder. People might be looking to um, HBO, Netflix, Amazon for escapes. If you're looking for an escape, this is not it. This is like a stark reminder of how bad we are right now. But it's crazy interesting. It makes more sense of it because I think a lot of people are out there walking around like like no one can really understand what Bitcoin is. Just like no one can, no people know what Bitcoin is. They don't fully understand it. People know what QAnon is. They don't really understand it. This does a good job of like laying out what it is. I thought to myself at some point during the seven hours, hour seven of basketball yesterday, I was like, should I learn what, like really learn what Bitcoin is? Like, should I read a book? And I haven't decided, but I, I don't understand it. I'll admit that. I think even the the biggest the digital coin guys would admit like, yeah, I don't really fully understand it, but I just know that the arrow goes up into the right. But I, I would love to fully <laughs> understand it. I really would. Speaking of to like a quick documentary rec banking on Bitcoin. Is that still out in the universe somewhere? That was, I feel like banking oh, sure. on banking on Bitcoin somewhere. I think it was Netflix. Um, I thought maybe I had a handle on it then. Clearly I don't. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say about the QAnon one, um, there's a Pizzagate slash anonymous um, documentary on Netflix. I should look this up, but there is another of those documentaries out there where the, I really liked it because these are 
we see news stories about QAnon, right? Like we see this stuff mentioned in the news, but you can't really explain it in a 280 character tweet or you can't explain it in a two minute news package. So I think that's stuff where it's like, you really do have to go in depth in a documentary format to understand how it got to this point. And as much as it's like, I wish it wasn't happening. I don't want to like hear about this. Like I do think those types of documentaries are really interesting. Even if they're a bummer, they're really interesting because it's something that is worth going really, really in depth on. Sidebar, in 2017, I did like a little 90-second package on Bitcoin back when Bitcoin was like 17 grand and it was like a big deal. And uh, <laughs> uh, my news director read it. And again, I'll, like if you go over 90 seconds on some of these news packages, they're like, you need to cut out half of it. It's like 90 seconds on the dot. She reads it. She goes, yeah, it's fine, but I don't understand what it is. I was like, well, <laughs> give me 90 minutes maybe. Because yeah. I hardly understand what it is. 90 seconds. So yeah, I, boy, yeah. oh boy. Yeah, it's I tough. Mean, I don't. It, everyone's in the same, on the same page there. If you are listening to this and you understand Bitcoin, will you please text me and tell me what it is? No. But the I challenge mean, is you have to explain it in 90 seconds or less. Yes, exactly. All right. Um. So what was the name of, or whatever, you don't know the name of the QAnon doc? Is it just oh, it's, I think it's called, I think it's called The Q. If you go to HBO Max, it's going to be, let's just type in Q, you'll find it. Cool. It, they, yeah, they're pushing it on their on their home. My last rec is short because I'm cheating a little bit. So the girlfriend experience. Did you ever watch that on Stars? So Soderbergh. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. So there is yes, yes, and no. He's the executive executive producer of the show. Um, the movie, the girlfriend experience. He directed. And then they made it into a television show for stars. That's the same. I don't, I've never seen the movie, but it's the same concept. And they made a season one with, oh no, oh no, Riley Keough. She's the oh, daughter of yeah. Lisa Marie Presley. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm just, I should have Googled this. I'm saying things. I'm just saying people's names now. So she's great in it. Season one. The reason I'm recommending it is because they just announced a season three and it looks really, really good. Soderbergh is the executive producer of the show. They got a new writer. So the first two seasons are written and directed by the same group of people. It's um, a man and a woman, I think, do all of the writing and directing. This is like an auteur. So it's this is going to be like a Nick Pizzolatto. Oh, no, actually, that's different because he didn't direct. Anyway, sorry, I'm just down a rabbit hole. But it is season three is coming out in May and it looks really good. The trailer um, looks good. And they just debuted two episodes at South by Southwest. Why are you laughing? I have an update on Riley Keough as of eight hours ago. Oh no. What, what did she do? She's completed her training of becoming a death doula. Did what? you know there were death doulas? Yeah. No. Yeah, She's looking at a career switch. Wait, I don't know if she's going to keep acting, but she's a death. This is 16 hours ago. CNN. How funny is this? Riley Keough says she completed death doula training. Fox News, uh, Elvis Presley's granddaughter, Riley Keough, becomes trained death doula after her brother dies. Oh, well, that's really sad. But yeah, so I don't, she's a death doula. So if, if, you're, in, if you're in the market, I'm, if that, you're in the market, I'm sorry, but she's a death doula. Does that guide, do you guide people through the process? I, I mean, I guess. Someone dying? I mean, it makes sense if there's a doula to guide you in, there's going to be a doula to guide you out, isn't there? Interesting. So she uh, she was the actress in the first season, though, right? Did you get that far or did you get distracted? Yeah, no, I mean, she, she is. I was just looking at, like, yeah. name and pronunciation. And I think it's I think it's Keo. Yeah. Vowels. 
Too many vowels. A lot of vowels. Yeah. So that, again, Elvis Presley's granddaughter is kind of her famous type, but she's really good in the first season. I think it's like 10 to 15 episodes, um, but they're short. They're like 30 minutes, which I really like. That was actually one of the first shows that I had seen to that, like a drama that did that. Um, it is on stars. Sorry if you don't have stars. I feel like we do a lot of HBO, Netflix, like stuff that people have. And I don't know how many people have stars just because they're just not churning out the content at the same rate as like a Hulu or, you know, again, Netflix. So it's on stars. It's really good. The second season, I would definitely skip. They tried to do something different and do tell two different stories at once that were similar, but different, but not connected and whatever. And it, it just wasn't worth really worth your time, but season one is definitely worth your time. So watch that. And then it's, it's anthology. I should have explained. So it's different characters every season like the first season has nothing to do with the second season it's just the same concept so watch season one with riley keogh and then season three with did you watch the affair oh yeah i love the affair i loved like the first two and a half seasons of the affair yeah. and then it got ridiculous when once brendan frazier started showing up it was like why is brendan frazier on my tv was he in jail he's the prison guard that like gotcha that, like sexually assaults him it gets it gets crazy yeah watch <laughs> watch the first two seasons of the affair and then just stop and google the ending or don't it doesn't matter the first um, season of the affair is is great really good like yep. the like groundbreaking tv and how they shoot the two different perspectives like because your memory is so weird really mm -hmm. good stuff yeah very enjoyable the reason i brought it up is because the oldest daughter you know the one who's kind of like yeah 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 the flimsy <laughs> i know that's Flimsy, not what I was going to say. Floozy, floozy. I, I was going to say like petulant. Like she was kind of like the petulant child she's for a worst. long time. She's the absolute worst. Well, yeah. she's not worse than Brody's daughter in Homeland. Oh, I, it's, I'm so far removed from Homeland. I can't even. Oh know. my gosh. Brody's yeah. daughter in Homeland was like the worst. But this this other girl gives her a run for her money. So anyway, she's the main actress in season three. Um, and it just looks interesting. Like I said, season one is a quick watch in the sense that it goes by fast and an enjoyable, well done show. Um, Soderbergh does not direct, but he is the executive producer and everything just like looks very shiny and pretty and um, it's a good looking show. And then again, the plot's kind of crazy. So watch The Girlfriend Experience season one, probably don't watch season two. Also watch The Affair. Yeah, the, hey, listen, if you're looking for a show, The Affair, I can't recommend it enough, but only like you can, you can punt after you figure out who killed who? And I'll leave it at that. Once you figure out who killed who, you're good. You don't need to keep watching. I was going to say, you can punt when you figure out what happened that night. Like yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like two seasons that take you yeah. to to that point. Okay. All right. Um, any other recs or any upcoming things you want to? No, I haven't even had a chance to look at what's coming up. But I do think we should start doing that because that's an enjoyable segment. I mean, I think I would enjoy that. People pointing uh, me to what to watch this weekend. Oh, yeah. Text us. Also... Demi Lovato has a new documentary. <laughs> Another one? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's her first one in like three years <laughs> okay. or four years. She yeah, almost okay. died. So her last she's one. She's almost died a couple times. No, no. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Her last one um, when it was probably like 2016, 2017. And then after that was when she like truly almost died. Yeah. Um, and heroin's a hell of a drug. Yeah, so what I don't like is it's, I just found out today, it debuts today, but it's, um, they're not releasing it till like noon Pacific time, which is weird. It's on YouTube. And then it's a series. So it's a four episode weekly series. And I don't like that because 
it's YouTube. Like that's the bingeable place. Like don't make me come back to YouTube four times in a month. I don't know. Anyway, that's so how Cobra, that's how Cobra Kai did it on YouTube. And then they went to Netflix. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. I've, there's a, was a gymnastics documentary they did with team USA or members of team USA. Um, that did well, did it? Well, no, no, it was, it was, in, it was recent. It was, um, after everything. It wasn't about anyway. They they did that for, and I I didn't like that. And then the other thing that's coming this week: Are you going to watch the Mighty Ducks reboot on Disney Plus? Um, more than likely, I don't have Disney Plus though. So I, whenever I'm up in Petaluma with my parents, I'll like okay. they'll get a bed, and I dial up Disney Plus, and then I wait for my parents to go to bed, and then I dive into the Mickey Mouse foxhole. Gotcha. Uh, that is coming out this week, so that's going to be um, something that I'm going to watch. Lorelai Gilmore is the mom in it i yeah, don't know she's what she's like the she's like the the coach bombay now yeah and so that is how you get me to watch a show if you put her in it although i didn't watch this is us no what's the parent the parenthood parenthood yeah anyway all right anything all right. else no go zags go zags next time we're back hopefully knock on the wood we're knocking on wood knock on well, all it'll the be wood. tuesday who knows when we record maybe yeah who knows We're either going to be really happy or really sad. Or we'll probably just cancel the episode. If we don't come back next week, you you know know what?